Welcome back, guys, to the Strong Back Soft Front podcast. This is Emily, your host. And today I wanted to jump on something that came to me when I was out on my morning walk. And that is the art of being present and how we can practice mindfulness and when we can actually practice it. Because this is the thing that we all have to realize. <clears throat> Meditation, it's a fantastic thing. But I also know that it's not for everyone. And a lot of people have trouble actually getting into that piece. So this could be the middle ground until you're ready to maybe progress in your practice and mindfulness um, to discover what it truly feels like to lower your brainwaves and come into an altered state. Because that's essentially what you're seeking when you're doing meditation, to lower your brainwaves and to come down from your beta waves where we operate in our conscious thinking, where, we, where we're task-oriented, we do, we, we keep going. And so the benefits of learning how to meditate is just that, that we learn to take control over our brain and we calm down our brainwaves, which allows us to come down into different types of brainwaves, which has a, a positive effect on our psyche and our minds and our well-being, okay? And I'm going to give you a full disclosure here. So about two years ago, I went to the Blue Mountains in Australia and I did a Vipassana retreat, which is, for you who don't know, a Buddhist meditation camp we can call it uh, where you pretty much submerge to live like a nun or a monk for well you're there for 12 days but you go you go into silence for 10 days and all you really do is to meditate um, and for someone like myself who never really meditated I never really got into using the apps and the mindful apps and everything that was available I thought to myself I really want to learn how to meditate because I know that it's really good for me. So why don't I submerge myself into the practice by going to a place where they are masters at teaching the art of Vipassana? So there are different types of meditations. So the one that I went to was called Vipassana. Um, you can look it up and it's available all over the world, actually. So it's definitely something if you can spare 12 days of your life and be prepared to let go of the life that you have because ultimately you you give your phone away there is no electronics there is nothing you literally live and you eat and then you don't speak and it's for 10 days if you can do that I can pretty much guarantee you that it's going to be one of the most significant things that you can do for yourself and your life, because during that practice, you have to face your thoughts because it's all you have. You don't have anything else because you're not speaking. You don't have anything to preoccupy yourself with. So you're not actually getting any dopamine hits um, from all the things that we usually do. But as soon as we, our brain senses that we are running low on dopamine, we'll pick up the phone or we'll call our friend, or we'll go to the gym, or we'll go for food. And so we're constantly being hit by dopamine. So I can tell you now that during my Vipassana retreat, it was actually the most painful thing I've experienced. And it was a pain that it's really hard to describe because 
the pain was existential. There was physical pain as well because we sat in the lotus position for nine plus hours a day. And if you don't sit in a lotus position ever, then nine hours in the first day, it was excruciating. Um, but you sit there and slowly your body kind of adapts to that position and the pain then started to travel. But the most important pain to really understand here was the pain of the thoughts that came up. Because when you have no stimulation from external things, your mind is going to start giving you stories or uh, bring up memories or just bring forth whatever needs to come forward. And you have nowhere to really hide from it. So it was really, really fascinating to be there. And as I said, the first three days, it was so painful on a level that I've never experienced before that I was pretty sure that I was going to leave the camp. Um, and obviously, once you left, you're not coming back. And so what I did for the first two and a half days was to just tell myself that I'll do the next hour because the sessions, some of them were a little bit longer, but most of them were an hour. And I would tell myself, and then you had a short break and I go, all right, I'll just do the next one and then I can leave. And then I'll finish the next one. And I said, all right, let me do one more. And then eventually, all right, let me stay until the morning and do the morning meditation. And then, so I kept on just pushing that short-term goal just a little bit further as I had arrived at the first goal. And by day three, I knew in my heart that I was going to stay for the whole duration. And it felt like uh, something lifted from me, something heavy lifted, and I just knew that I was going to make it. And it sounds really dramatic, but I remember it, I remember it as such. It was a super super dramatic experience um, and that was just the beginning of it we hadn't even started doing the actual meditation vipassana at that point we did something called anapana which is just a preparation to get into vipassana so the challenges became very different uh, after day three and even though the physical pain went away and the existential pain also went away there were always pain showing up in different ways, which was amazing. So yeah, I have experience in meditation and I really, really felt the difference it can do in dropping your brainwaves, how you just open up your soul and your consciousness to something that we can't touch or feel when we're not in a state like that. And I must say, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced. Um, and therefore, I do recommend people to meditate because if we can master something like meditation where we actually can drop our brainwaves into that level, we can experience some really soul healing um, experiences and how we then look upon life uh, how we look upon death, how we look upon stress, how we look upon anything that feels tough, it changes. Um, so meditation is powerful. And again, I can't actually recommend it enough. But as I said, 
I actually haven't meditated for a very long time because I haven't made it part of my practice. I haven't made it a high enough priority. And I sit here and I speak to you and it actually feels like a, such a waste of time to not meditate. Uh, of course, sitting for nine hours a day plus is not feasible in normal society, but even taking 20 minutes a day, it's actually doable for everyone. And so I actually sit here and I feel a little bit of remorse because I should make it a priority and maybe hopefully I will do, but not right now. And I'm just going to own that. Um, but then I want to bring it into what I actually wanted to talk about today, which is mindfulness, because that we can practice at any given time of our day. We just need to practice the art of being present. Um, and also when we do practice mindfulness, we actually can drop into lower brain waves, which is probably why I sit here and I have a pretty calm voice. Maybe also because it's the morning when I record this and I just came back from my walk where all of these thoughts came to me. But here's the thing about mindfulness. It's practicing the art of noticing what's in your surroundings and your feelings right now. And all we really got to do is to stop, breathe, and pay attention. And I know that sounds a lot easier than it is because just saying it's super easy. Yet a lot, a lot of people rush through life. They rush through their tasks. They rush through their non-negotiables. They rush through literally everything, their conversations, their interactions. And they're not actually paying attention to what's actually there. And then what happens is that we react and we actually don't know why we react. Someone said something or there was something happening on the street and all we do, we just react and we do so unconsciously. It just happens. And if we were to stop and breathe, we could actually learn something from every moment that happens, every conversations that we have, every experience that we have during the day, we can learn something. And especially at times when we are triggered, if we just learn to stop, take three slow breaths in and calm ourselves down, we can ask better questions in terms of why, does, why did this show up for me? Why did I react that way? Or why do I want to react that way? And then also make it proactive. How could I react now so that it doesn't take me away from my equanimity, my sense of peace and calm? Because ultimately... The whole thing about mindfulness and, and getting into meditation is to remain in equanimity, which is a state where we are calm, peaceful. Um, we don't overreact, whether it's for happiness and pleasure or for pain and sorrow. And that's the thing. And that's what the, the monks do. They practice the art of equanimity to just experience not to numb the feeling, because it's not about not feeling the feelings, but it's how we react to feeling those feelings that changes the experience. Uh, and oftentimes we make something uh, a lot greater than it has to be, especially when we're in stress. So a lot of pain, we often make more painful because we are not able to find our equanimity on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, 
so what I was doing today, I went out for my morning walk and I was thinking, okay, how can I be mindful and present in this moment? And and then it really was this thing about listening in. I heard the birds singing their morning songs. I looked at the ground next to me and I saw that the the season is starting to change, even though we're just in August as I record this. And I was sensing the type of air that was in the air, you know, the crisp, humid morning air that is so beautiful to breathe in and so just cleansing, I think. And maybe that's because I decide that it is, that I believe that it is. But that's what that's my experience. And then I was thinking about it. How often do I walk the same route, which I do very often? Um, I do like routine. Uh, and I was asking myself, how often do I walk this route and never get bored? Because that's the thing. I've had a lot of conversations where people are always craving a change. They're craving change of scenery. They're craving change in training plans. They're craving change in whatever, in everything, in jobs, in partners. And they don't understand that change it's of course okay to want to change and it's not wrong to have change. I mean, I've lived the most change fulfilled life ever uh, up until this point. So that's nothing wrong with it, but to crave it on a daily basis, because we think that what we're doing is just something that we're doing. Like that morning walk is just a morning walk where actually could have been a perfect place to practice mindfulness, to actually say, all right, I do this. It's a routine. My feet takes me the same route because it knows what to do. And while that could be boring, it also could be amazing because in the moment of doing something subconsciously to repeat something over and over again, there is always a change. There's a change in how we can see things, hear things, feel things, smell things, taste things, and also where we stare our thoughts. So I do want to argue that people who are always craving change, they are not necessarily good at being mindful because mindfulness is just that, to be able to stop in any circumstance where there is is routine and still be present and notice that it's actually always different. I see something new on that route every single day because I've opened my peripherals to it, because I've opened my senses to it, and I've decided that when I do my walk, I want to see if I can experience something new. I want to actually open up to the possibility that I can do the same thing over and over again, yet always have a different experience. Uh, so if you're listening and you do find yourself always wanting a new training plan or a new program in general, a new job, a new partner, a new life, a new city, again, it's nothing wrong with it. Sometimes we have to accept that things are not the right thing for us and we need to move on. And I always say sooner rather than later, when we know in our intuition that something is not good for us because it gives us anxiety that when we if we wake up with anxiety every day 
I genuinely believe that there is a root cause that we are not looking at, which never is going to take away your anxiety. You're never going to not feel anxious until you actually change something. And change can be hard, which is why people don't do it. And they don't, don't do it fast enough. And then they choose to live with anxiety because subconsciously they know that what they're doing right now, who they're with, what they're doing for a living, the city that they live in, the conversations they're avoiding, it's something that needs to happen in order for them to let go of the anxiety. So mindfulness, it's this thing where you get to notice your state in any given moment. Um, which is where we learn intuition eventually. I don't necessarily believe in intuitive eating and intuitive, you know, exercising because we, we don't know, we can't actually feel everything our body needs, right? But I do believe that there is a, an energetic intuition. There is the spiritual intuition which tells us when we can't trust someone it tells us when we're not on the right path for our living it tells us if what we're currently doing it's actually not moving us towards operating at our highest level which is i think ultimately what everyone wants to be but sometimes we're too scared or we haven't paid attention to the things that we do so we just keep going in this wheel um, and therefore, with this little episode, I just want to actually remind people to be mindful, to take at least a moment a day. If you're not into meditation, you don't have to be into meditation. As I've said earlier, there are massive, massive benefits to getting meditation into your daily practice. But even if that's not you, or maybe you need to start somewhere, you just want to pay attention and make it a thing. And maybe then the walk that you do every day, which I hope that you do because you love yourself and you actually need movement to love yourself. If that's the only place where you are capable to decide that, right, I'm going for a walk and I'm going to make it a mindful walk, and you've stated that you're going to make it a mindful walk and therefore it's easier for you to tap in and actually start to focus and look and be like, I'm going to be looking at things. I'm going to be listening for sounds. So therefore for this particular walk, I'm not going to plug in my favorite music because if I do, my thoughts are going to go somewhere else. Usually to a place where this music reminds you um, or excites you for something or yeah, or even if, you, if you're in a reminiscing mode where you're listening to sad music, it will take you down the, the feeling of sadness or hurt or abandonment or whatever it is that you get reminded by listening to sad music. So what I would suggest here is just to take a walk. It doesn't have to be very long because bear in mind, mindfulness is also a practice and you're going to be doing your walk and you're going to notice that, oh, actually, my mind drifted again. And then you can practice going, ah, okay, let me get back to focus. Look at the trees. Look at the ground. Feel the air. Is it cold? Is it warm? Breathe the air. Is it humid? Is it dry? 
is it sunny what's the weather like is it rainy is it is it cloudy and as you do that you get better and this is the thing whatever you do consistently you become better at and the good thing about mindfulness is that you actually don't need a whole lot of it to actually make a huge difference to your day so go out take a walk and decide that you're going to be mindful that you're going to walk the same route that you walk every day or whenever you walk and you're going to make it a whole new experience you're going to notice so many new things and then come back home and see how you feel so i'm going to leave you with this and i want to just say thank you for listening in if you found this helpful then please reach out my instagram handle is emily anger and uh, this is soft strong back soft front and i will speak to you again soon until then have a really good day